Hello, I'm Darren Heath, and I'd like to introduce Caroline Stockman, Chief Executive of the Association of Corporate Treasurers. In this podcast from Caroline, she's going to explore our approach to getting things done in terms of time and energy. Over to you, Caroline. Thanks again, Darren. We have tended as humans, for as long a time as I'm aware, to parcel up our work into time slots or projects, or both. So, we'll chunk up the week and plan things in according to some sort of priority, or even just convenience, and then carry out our tasks in the relevant slots. There's at least two things we're getting wrong here. First of all, we need to think about our energy levels. We need to ensure they're being replenished by regular breaks in our working day, and by doing things that we enjoy. And we need to be sensitive to our energy patterns in timetabling what we will do. So, for instance, some of our key priorities should be dealt with in the morning when we're fresh. If we leave one of them to the end of the day or even week and then feel exhausted when we get there, it just isn't going to happen, is it? So we have to plan accordingly and ensure only trivial and admin tasks are left to Friday afternoon, for example. A couple of key actions you can take to help yourselves here are... First of all, keep a note of your energy level at four different points in the day over, say, two weeks. See if you note a pattern and can determine what are your natural high and low periods in terms of energy. Do this again if something changes in your life or you're in a new season, for instance. The second thing you can experiment with is noting down all the things or people that give you energy on one side of a piece of paper and all the things and people that drain you on the other. You can do this as a one-off big picture exercise or else note specifics at the end of each day. With this data, it's recommended to review the energy giving items regularly and in effect relive them to reinforce them and just note the energy sapping things or people and put them to one side in your thoughts. You can also start to avoid the energy sappers and seek out the energy givers. The other thing about how we manage our time is that when we plan in time for projects and strategic pieces of work, even if we get the energy level right, we generally underestimate the time it takes to complete the task. We underestimate and then are disappointed when we don't meet our targets. But how about if we turned it on its head and said, I'm going to do this task for 90 minutes, our optimum time, remember, and then stop. And I have some reserve time set aside next week too. Then we're assured of success and feel good about ourselves. A contrast to the common feeling of failure when we set ourselves project tasks we have no hope of achieving in the time given. But here, we do our 90 minutes, tick, we've achieved our target. We can apply a similar approach to the processing of emails, i.e. time-based, and deal with in the moment, as I've mentioned previously. And we can even experiment a bit by trialling the approach in certain areas and seeing how we feel. I certainly have noticed a dramatic improvement in my efficiency and levels of satisfaction by working in this way. I feel far more productive and the sense of achievement increases my levels of energy and motivation. A key condition for success, however, is ensuring we have enough rest and relaxation, or at least diversion, so we refuel our tanks, so to speak. If we don't do this, our energy and therefore willpower wanes, and we get into a situation where we are slow and unproductive. There are other consequences too, such as binge-watching TV, drinking too much alcohol, and eating too much or the wrong sorts of foods. Our willpower has been eroded, and these are some of the consequences. As in so many things in life, awareness is the key to unlock the door to change and better habits. So this deserves some real consideration. 
Again, you can test out and compare a day with good breaks and a walk at lunchtime with one where you pretty much work all the way through and analyse both your subsequent feelings as well as productivity. Tal Ben-Shahar talks about the likelihood of growth out of trauma, which is twice as likely as PTSD. One, if you're aware of the fact, and two, if you ensure you build in recovery periods through the stressful situation. He likens it to bodybuilding in the gym and a measured program which results in growth in your muscles and one which goes flat out and results in injuries. It's the same thing here. We need our time off in order to move forward successfully. It reminds me of the tale of the two woodcutters. One challenged the other to chop as many logs as possible in a day, and they set off to do so. During the day, the other woodcutter stopped for a rest a few times. The first woodcutter thought he had an advantage, so was shocked at the end of the day to see his friend had actually cut more logs. He asked how that could be, and the other man said, it's because I stopped to sharpen my axe. So remember, it's energy, not time, and time, not task. And working non-stop is not only less productive, but also potentially dangerous. Thanks once again, Caroline, for sharing your insights with us today. And in the next podcast, Caroline will be talking authentic leadership during a crisis. Please do come back and join us for that. But until then, from Caroline and from me, goodbye and thanks for listening.